Today, well, why not a little bit of dreaming for our travel minds? We're doing some holiday dreaming, and Sally will be there with us to take us around the world, visiting several different continents. We'll also see what there is as far as hot deals are concerned around the traps at the moment. Talking travel and, well, we've got plenty of time to dream, Sally Lucas. We certainly do, and it doesn't hurt to start early, does it, in the planning and just having a think about what you might like to do? It's almost as good as doing the thing yourself, travelling Well, I think it is. Research is fascinating, isn't it? And When you can find out what you can see and do in these places that you're thinking of visiting and then you make your little bucket list up, talk with your partner and find out what you both like or dislike and what has to go on there and what one might do separately to the other and like visiting, you know, BMW museums over an art gallery, for example. For example, or you could go in different directions. <laughs> exactly, a bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the first one today, we're going to Ecuador, to Guayaquil, and it was founded in the 1530s. It's Ecuador's largest city and main port, and, of course, it's a main access point to go to the Galapagos Islands, which, of course, is a wonderful destination in itself. Um, they've recently, in recent years, have got a new international airport and been doing a lot of urban renewal projects along the River Guayas promenade and also in the historic um, neighbourhood of Las Peñas. Um, you've got a 465-step climb to the top of Santa Ana Hill, if you're up for it. Which but what pro- a view, eh? <laughs> but what a view, providing sweeping views, of course, and a chance to stand on the site of the city's birthplace. So there's a lot of, like, the Malacan and the lovely Simon Bolivar promenade, etc. and then you've also got a monument, La Rotonda, which is worth visiting as well. Las Peñas is a neighbourhood full of very colourful houses, which are fantastic, and you keep going up all these stairs along the way and stairs. It reminded me a little bit of when you do the, um, oh, what's it called in Hong Kong on Hong Kong Island? It's got the same ladder street, mm-hmm. and you keep going up stairs and then it levels out and up another lot, and there's all these little cafes and things all along the way as you go up, uh, which you probably need, <laughs> and possibly maybe a bottle of water as well. 444 steps there, so there you go. Um, the other thing you can do is there's a lighthouse, of course, uh, at the Santa Ana Hill, which is called El Faro, and again, you can get wonderful views from there also. Um, and they say you cannot leave Guayaquil without having their Creole crab, which are these huge, when I looked at them, red mangrove crabs that get boiled away uh, in lots of spices and cumin and herbs and garlic and they plonk a big dish of it in front of you with a huge bib and a mallet. <laughs> so you, you break it up and eat it. Hey, help Get it. your exercise as well. <laughs> yeah. And you've got lots of other things there. You've got monumental fountains of the dancing waters, which is choreographed to music from anything from local music to, to Italian opera. Um, you've got the Park Historico, which has got three zones in it, wildlife, urban and traditional. And you can even just go to the Park Bolivar and, and meet up with a few of the local reptiles, the lazy iguanas lounging around. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? Just iguanas around I, the place. In the park. I know. So you wouldn't want to be too scared of reptiles, would you? Well, they don't move quickly, do they? No, no. So that's, there you go. There's a little bit of fun if you go there. Um, now, also going completely opposite direction, you've got in England, East Anglia, a place called Ipswich. It's nothing like Ipswich in Queensland, though. Um, so this is a lovely place in East Anglia. It's one of the nation's oldest communities. And it's quite historical. So it's set on the River Orwell. Its waterfront's lined with cafes, galleries and shops. It's got a 19th century old customs house, which recalls the city's maritime history, 
which we are failing to do. Um, next to Christchurch Park, you've got a 500-year-old Christchurch mansion, which has got Tudor kitchens, a Wolseley Art Gallery, a museum, etc., with natural history exhibits as well. So you can stroll through a lovely arboretum at Christchurch Park. There's a, a famous theatre called the Regent Theatre where you can take in a show, or you can just simply grab a pint and order up some fish and chips at a local pub. And it's only about an hour and a half uh, northeast of London. Mm. And make sure you get the vinegar with your fish and chips because we are talking about <laughs> England, aren't of, we? <laughs> of course, of course, Jane. <laughs> So we're going to some places you may not know too much about at the yeah. moment and we're enjoying seeing just what we can enjoy. Yes, If absolutely. and when we go there. If and when, but yes, the dreams are wonderful. Talking travel, Sally Lucas, some wonderful destinations that we may not know all that much about at this stage. <laughs> well, we've gone east, we've gone north and now we're going to go west. So um, the village of Franchhoek, the French corner is the translation, tucked into the Cape Winelands of South Africa, where you've got centuries-old vineyards and Cape Dutch architecture, which it's renowned for, and it's also known as the country's food and wine capital. So you have lovely galleries and antique shops in lovely tree-lined streets and vineyards that were established more than 300 years ago, uh, which is fantastic. Which That's old, isn't that, it? That is very yeah. old for grapevines, yes, mm. cascading over the hills just outside town. So you've got, obviously, your local activities there, a wine tasting, wine tasting and wine tasting, <laughs> but you can go trout fishing and hiking if you so desire. Um, so they've, they've got trails that wind through flowers and wildlife at Mont Rochelle Nature Reserve to views over the Franschuk Valley. You've got the Huguenot Memorial, Museum and a neighbouring monument which honour the area's French settlers who arrived there in the 17th and 18th century. Ah, so the Frenchmen so brought the, French. the vines, mm. right. So there you go. And it's also got a motor museum which displays vintage cars amid mountain farmland. Now it's about 58 kilometres east of Cape Town. Um, usually you can most people drive around this and hire a car, but if you were on a tour of South Africa, they will obviously call in, but you won't get an extended visit there, if you know what I'm saying. So, But there is a shuttle service or a winery day tour out of Cape Town, or if you're on a driving holiday, obviously South Africa is a lovely country to drive around. Very similar to us in lots of respects. You know, I think South Africa, very safe. It's 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 good for driving. You don't have any issues there. So just one of those things. If you're ever thinking of getting over there one day, I'd love to go back. It's so long since I've been to South Africa. Do they drive on the left of the road, the left-hand yes. side? Yes. So like us in like that us. respect too. Yes. And, yeah. you know, similar their love of outdoors and you mm. know food and wine it's a very very similar sort of um social cultures etc as ours in australia mm. and both lovely countries with lots of light like we have you've got that lovely light mm. that you get which is wonderful the big sky yeah mm. the big sky now we're going to go north again okay but still west <laughs> right <laughs> So Tangier or Tangiers, whichever way you like to pronounce it, is done both ways with or without the S, is a Moroccan port on the Strait of Gibraltar that's been a strategic gateway between Africa and Europe since Phoenician times. So it's been ruled through the centuries by waves of conquerors, including Romans, the Vandals, Byzantines, Arabs and Portuguese. And the city itself is more than two and a half millennia old, making it one of North Africa's most ancient cities. So the Medina, Kasbah, Bazaars and Souks are among the country's most vibrant. Of course, they're always wonderful to go through those, aren't they? It just fascinates me. The smells, the colours, 
you know. Mm, very different from it's, uh, oh, Yeah, the bartering, mm. all of that. Um, best price. Oh, this is my very best price. Yes, okay. Um, usually not. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Till you start to walk away, then they come up with the very best price. Um, or maybe the almost very best. Or the almost. <laughs> it's a lot of fun anyway. <laughs> but they've also got excellent beaches as well, and um, you've got yeah, – uh, a whitewashed hillside Medina, which is home to the Dar el Makzen. It's a palace of the sultans that's now a museum of Moroccan artefacts. Oh, interesting. So that's really interesting. So a previous palace, but now a museum. And you've also got an American legation museum, also in the Medina, which documents early diplomatic relations between the US and Morocco in, uh, in an 1821 Moorish-style former consulate. Mm. So didn't realise the US had, you know, so much, that long ago. You know, you just mm. don't realise, do you? How history is always interesting. It always digs up something we don't know. Indeed. So it's about a two and a half hour by ferry across from Gibraltar, of course, which is a British overseas territory located on Spain's south coast. Of course, you can also, again, as we said before, there are tours that do just Morocco or Spain, Portugal, Morocco, etc. And you always get plenty of time, of course, to explore the souks, etc. when you're there. So mm. there you go. Excellent. So Tangiers as our other holiday dreaming destination today. Now, Jane, have I got time just to mention yes. a little bit about air travel? Go for it. That's going to be, well, we think is going to happen in the future. Let's hear it, Sally. Okay, so these are just tips for flying safely, you know, if you have to fly during the pandemic, but even after, I think this will be an ongoing situation. Triple check your destination entry restrictions, all that goes without saying. Check with your travel agent or you can check on the IATA, International Airline Transport Association website. They've actually got a COVID-19 travel regulations map that covers country by country, which may also help you improve your geography. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Why> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Um, now, also, some countries are demanding a recent negative test before they allow you to board an inbound flight. Um, the page there, though, that they, on IATA will give you everything you need to know. They are suggesting that you self-cater for the moment, but that might continue as well. Take all your own fruit, snacks, etc. And also, don't forget to bring an empty reusable water bottle that you can fill up once you've gone through security. Okay? Um, saves you a few dollars and it also protects the environment. So take your own, not plastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, bring your own wipes. So, of course, you can still, even though these planes are going to be absolutely cleaned thoroughly, if you're worried, bring your own wipes where you can still wipe down an armrest or a screen or whatever you're using. So that's a suggestion as well. Um, entertainment, of course, um, you can always take your own these days, you know, take your own laptop or whatever or your own iPad if you want to watch it and not use the entertainment on board. Um, also now with the one thing you don't have to worry about now is the old lags restrictions, you know, liquids, aerosols, gels. Um, most airports have increased limits on hand. Um, sanitise it to greater than the 100 mil because mm. of that. Um, a change of clothes. That could be a worthwhile thing. It is anyway, I always believe. I mean, if your luggage goes astray or something and you've, you know, you're stuck. I've been in that situation, I can tell you. Um, And the other thing, they're talking about taking an N95 face mask because it has changes of filters, obviously, and maybe even take your own little packet of disposable gloves, um, which would be handy as well. Check in online just to save time because it's going to be busy at the airport. There'll be more procedures, et cetera, to do. And... 
Trip, go with an open mind, expect the unexpected and uh-huh. be patient. And on to a new RFM, we are talking travel, Sally Lucas. Now, what have we got from the world of travel? Hot deals? We've got a few. Um, before that, though, I'll just mention also there's a video on YouTube called Dear Travellers. If you want to have a look, it's been put together by a few of the uh, airline alliances, One World, Sky Team and Star Alliance, uh, just so they can show or share customers what they can expect with their journeys over the coming months um, to let you know that everything being implemented is enhancing hygiene and safety standards, etc, etc. Um, so you can go and have a look at that if you would like to do that. That's on YouTube and it's yes, called... Dear Travellers. Yeah. Um, Outback Air Safari New South Wales. Now, here you go. You can do this. It's a private. You actually have exclusivity of a private plane. So gather some friends and off you go. Um, So it's on demand, tailor-made. So you pick a date and as long as they've got a plane and the pilot available, off you go. And you don't need to wait to see if your airline is going to run it that no, day. No, <laughs> exactly. So you're doing epic landscapes around New South Wales. And, yeah, so no set departure date, six days. And, yeah, so you're going to go like Mungo National yep. Park. Yes. Fantastic. Yep. Broken Hill. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Tipperborough. I've never been to Tipperborough. Um, you spend a night on a 320,000-acre Trilby station, which is a working station um, using aeroplanes, helicopters and motorbikes. They've got 17,000 flock, 17,000 wow. sheep. Mm. And, of course, you'd be amazed once you get in this outback of your lovely night skies. Um, you do the wine country at Mudgee with a gourmet dinner. Uh, includes the... Tour highlights include going to the Royal Flying Doctors Museum, Pro Hearts Gallery, Silverton of Mad Max fame, guided tour of an underground silver mine, um, all sorts of things. I mean, the ancient spiritual word of Mungo National Park, which is absolutely amazing. And the plane taxis to the front door of a pub called the Milparinga Pub as well. So oh, how yes. fun would that be? That's almost Tipperborough, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> so it's bespoke. It's, it's, it can be even, you know, changed, etc. So, yeah, if you really are desperate to get out there, you can. Now, AAT Kings have got a lot of Australian holidays planned for next year in the hope that we will all be open by next year, right through until 2022. And they're offering you uh, an availability of saving 10% on any of those itineraries until the 16th of November. So plenty of lead-in. You don't have to commit too early, which is a good thing. And all Australian holidays have got a range of holidays within South Australia, within South Australia, within New South Wales. Oh, I'd love to go to South Australia, but anyway, not yet. Um, and they've got a various runs like a four-day Jacaranda Trail and Waterfall Way, which is on the third. 30th of October. There's a three-day Canberra getaway on the 30th of November. And all these have a pickup in Newcastle, which is convenient, a door-to-door pickup. Um, a six-day Southern Highlands and Tumut itinerary in February that goes to Yass and Goulburn, etc. as well. Um, there's also a mid, uh, New South Wales Midcoast Wanderer, and that's March next year, doing Coffs, Port, Harrington, etc., those areas. So, look, there are a few holidays out there, and there's also some they've planned for Christmas this year as well. Um, you've got a Port Macquarie Christmas getaway, uh, which is the 23rd of December, five days, a four-day Katoomba Blue Mountains on the 23rd of December. There's a lovely one in Sydney, six days on the 23rd, where you have three nights at a hotel in Darling Harbour. And then you also then go and view the start of the Sydney Harbour Yacht Race, 
Mm, as that well. Good. Mm. How, how good would that be in doing a cruise on Sydney Harbour? And they've also got a Bellingen Valley Christmas itinerary, five days, 23 December. And, um, yeah, Christmas in the Hunter for those people that are outside the Hunter because people can listen to us by all means these days. So they might be in the far reaches of New South Wales listening on their phone or their iPad and they can come and visit us in the Hunter, a six-day itinerary on the 22nd of December. And I do know people even in our region who like Christmas in the Hunter Valley anyway. Exactly (laughs) right, Jane. I mean, there's nothing wrong with our own place to visit, is it? We often forget about it. You get... Blase, is that the right word, that it's so close? And yes, you tend to forget that you it's forget. special. You've got these special places, like <laughs> yeah. Barrington, you know, Barrington yes. Tops and Gloucester, all around that area. It's so beautiful. Fabulous. We're very lucky. We're blessed with some beautiful surroundings. So we can still get out and enjoy those. Certainly can. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thanks, Jane. And we will talk travel again next Friday after the 1 o'clock news.